1 Samuel 2, verses 1 through 11. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherits a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. All right, starting in chapter two, we're looking at Hannah praying this uh, amazing prayer Mm. Mm. after Samuel has been born and she has given Samuel to the temple, to Eli the priest, so that Samuel will live and dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. And then she prays this prayer and it gives us a very big window into where her heart is after she has given this probably one maybe two-year-old child to right. to the temple. Right. Yeah, I love that. Um, even it, it shows us, you know, when we entered the story in the first chapter, Elkanah, her husband, asked in verse 8, you know, why is your heart sad? Mm. And then we see, you know, she was so distraught mm-hmm. um, as she was praying and wouldn't eat. And yet here she starts out this prayer with my heart exults. Mm. And the difference um, is that is the Lord. Mm. I mean, it's just her faith has just been inflamed really i mean she's so um that's right so worshipful mm. right now mm. it's um awesome to see yeah i i think every time i've read this passage or heard this story in the past i kind of had this um image where hannah has made this wager with god and she it's sort of like a win lose where she like gets her her little baby and then has to drop it off and and this passage is um i i, I think it's just such a you view the whole story in such a different light when you realize that this is an act of like heartfelt and joyful worship Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. Hannah. And and that really just shines through. And, and, you know, what really, really jumps out to me is the, the lack of like first person pronouns, Mm -hmm. you know, like there, the prayer is just overwhelmingly about the Lord. And, you know, even, when she is talking about herself, it's like, I rejoice in your salvation. And then 
she kind of, you know, verses two through eight is basically entirely just about the Lord. And that even just makes me think about um, when I encounter the blessings of the Lord. Mm. And, you know, when I move from seasons uh, of hardship or, you know, great anxiety or whatever into seasons of bounty, am I swept away in the goodness and favor of God so much so that I, I almost lose sight of the blessing. I'm just so focused on the giver Mm -hmm. or do I immediately, does my disposition sort of change to like, Oh, look at this cool new thing I have. (laughs) Right. Right. No, no, you can totally see that. And that her eyes of faith cause her to see the world differently. Mm -hmm. This whole list of um, things that you said in verses two through eight, I think where she's just, um, just recounting all of Mm -hmm. these things about God and who he is and what he's done, which is essentially what worship is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That she, she sees the world so different. In fact, there's some that's like, you know, the bowels of the mighty are broken. Um, And, you know, obviously most people in the world would be like, no, the mighty, everybody wants to be mighty. You want to be powerful. Uh You want to have the weapons. Um, She just sees through all of that Mm. because she sees God for who he really is. And I also love that it's all that she set it up, like you said, with salvation, recognizing God is the God of salvation. And then this is like recounting the things that God did in the Exodus when he delivered Mm. the um, people from Egypt. And another big thing about this prayer is it anticipates the prayer of Mary when Mm. she, um, her Magnificat, and she does the same thing. So there is this beautiful thing of the people of faith where they recount the works of God and for them, the big salvation moment was still being delivered from Egypt, mm. but that points us forward to the big salvation moment of the cross and yeah, being delivered totally. from ultimate um, death. Yeah. I mean, just, just reading her prayer is uh, a challenge to us, you know, for our own prayer life. Uh, yeah. w- what does your prayer life look like? I think that's a great point that you made, Will, that that she has a lack of first-person pronouns. So in the very first, she does say, my heart exalts in the Lord, my yeah. rout- mouth derides my enemies. So she's got a couple there at the very first, but then literally after verse one, uh, two and following, there's no other first-person pronouns. Like she is just praying to the Lord and exalting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's her entire prayer the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. You know, what does is, what is your prayer life look like? Uh, I I think it's a good question for all of us to answer. You know, Mm -hmm. do we come to the Lord and we use a lot of first person pronoun? I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. guilty of this. And sometimes I like catch myself and I'm like, (laughs) wait, hang on. I need to like worship the Lord in prayer. But I mean, that is a, that should be a major part of our prayer, Mm -hmm. worshiping the Lord as we pray. So recounting the goodness of the Lord, Mm -hmm. recounting the greatness of the Lord and the things that Mm -hmm. he has done. We can recite those things over and over and over to the Lord, and and it just serves to to strengthen our hearts and bring the peace and joy mm-hmm. of of Jesus into our hearts. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's a great um, thing. I think even when looking at her first prayer, um, obviously not as full of praise. Um, so I think that's instructive too, yeah, in that totally. she, but she does refer to herself as the Lord's servant. She keeps mm-hmm. saying a servant, um, mm-hmm. in that first chapter of prayer where she's praying for a son. Do not forget your servant. So there is this um, great humility, but yeah, that's the, it's just incredible that we can go to God with the smallest um, prayer, the most personal specific to me prayer, and yet also pray these really big prayers and spend time in this kind of worship. And I think you can tell that Hannah has done this in her life because this prayer is full 
and she obviously must have been listening to the word because it's full of um, really deep, I guess what we call like theological insight into who God is. I mean, she just really knows God. Mm -hmm. She knows that he's holy. There's like this reference to his beautiful moral goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows that he knows, you know, he's a God of knowledge, that he's Mm -hmm. not an abstract um, to her. He's a person who Mm -hmm. sees and knows. And um, she, she, in verse six, she references that the Lord kills and brings to life he brings down to Sheol and raises up. So there's this, like she has a concept of resurrection, Hmm. which most scholars of the old Testament are kind of like, don't really, you don't see resurrection mentioned hardly at all in the old Testament, but she reminds me of Abraham and that the longer, Hmm. you know, we saw Abraham walk with the Lord. We could see he, he grasped these really deep concepts or, you know, just theology understanding of who God is. And it grew her love for him. Well, and there may be a sense that this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, you know, because I mean, in, in verse 10, it's kind of interesting that she prays, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of mm. his anointed. Yeah. And so she's praying about this king. Mm-hmm. But if we remember in where we are kind of in the in the narrative of the Old Testament, Israel does not have a king yet. Mm-hmm. And yet she's praying about this king. And so it almost seems that, you know, she's she's under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit when she's praying this prayer mm-hmm. and just praying these beautiful things back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, she's talking about this king. And I think she has in her mind probably, you know, the fact that uh, God promised to give Eve an offspring at some point that was mm-hmm. going to be this anointed one, this chosen one. And, you know, as we carry out the narrative of scripture leading up to Jesus, who, who was that chosen one, that anointed one, but Samuel is, I mean, it's interesting. He is kind of like a Christ-like figure. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I mean, he's this, he's this light that has kind of been dropped down into this very dark, very dark place. Mm. And it's kind of interesting in verse 11, where it says the boy, uh, Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. So you have this like young boy it could be translated young man mm-hmm. but i mean you've got this young young individual and he is uh already ministering to the lord in the presence of eli meaning like he's at the the tabernacle mm-hmm. temple right at, at that point right very interesting no it's it's great stuff it's really astounding when you think um just what the eyes of faith will allow you to see mm-hmm. yeah of who god is and what he's doing yeah i think even just the the structure of the prayer is a great model, like moving forward with my day and hmm. after everyone's day, a great model of prayer. Like we have this first little section that is sort of Hannah, like encountering the salvation of God. And, and we see, you know, that that's where she's speaking in the first person. I rejoice in your salvation. And then this long middle section is just, gazing on the character of God and the works of God. Right. And then the last little stanza switches to the future tense mm-hmm. of what God will do. Yeah. And I think even for us, you know, uh, for young adults, we recently finished studying revelation. Mm-hmm. And one of the great problems is that we, we often don't live in light of the story that is not yet fulfilled. Like we right. act like Easter is like the end of the Bible, you know, and <laughs> right. like really the end is still to come. And so I think that's such a good, like focus on, you know, how the Lord has worked in our lives, what that even reveals about who the Lord is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what, 
we in faith will see and you know kind of ending in that posture of faith looking forward that's right i think it's i think it's a an amazing uh outline for how we can structure our own prayers to make them very god honoring great point well well for jennifer mcclish and will carlisle i'm barrett fisher thanks for listening to our daily rhythm I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.